What's up, every, every, excuse me, I'm going to try that again. What is up, everybody, and welcome back to Think Like Me or Don't. My name is Brett Martineau. As always, anchor.fm forward slash think like me. Drop in your audio messages and your pennies and your dollars and your tens and tens of thousands and all of your monies. Please, thank you, and goodbye. Uh, in this episode, this is episode five of season two. In this episode, as I alluded to last week, some things start to shift in my perspective. I start to understand in this first segment, especially, sorry for that squeak. Uh, in this first segment, especially, I start talking about some things that I realize about myself that I believe, and I still believe, by the way, three weeks later when I'm recording this intro, uh, are at the core of my of what's been detrimental to me in this whole process. And so I'm really excited about that. Uh, without further ado, enjoy. Hey, what's up? Day five, six, day six a.m. here in. It's actually really nice right now. It's dry, but it's really nice up here. Good old Hurricane, Hurricane Utah. I don't know why I get a southern drawl when I speak about the Utah accent. But anyway, I wanted to continue. I know, I know. Yesterday, I think actually I might make day five and six into one episode. So. I don't know why I told you that, because just do it, and then you would know. Anyway, uh, but last night, the thing that I was trying to sort of explain that I couldn't get out, because there were kids that were making noise, and Wick was freaking out, and then, some, then some, there were some other kids that were, like, talking to Wick. Anyway, but the idea is, so, again, again, I don't believe in signs. I don't believe that the universe is, like, speaking to me. I don't believe that it's... That it's personified in that way, but I do believe that um, math and statistics uh, can hold true, and so you can you can coincidentally run into the same thing just because that's the way that it is. And so the thing that, that clicks for me last night was because I'm, I'm trying to solve this this finance problem. Um, It finally clicked for me something that I think something I think that I should have paid attention to and caught on to decades ago, if we're being honest, but years ago, is the idea that for me, I think I think you know how like alcoholics or, or drug addicts, addicts of any kind, are taught to completely remove offending substance from their life and like stay away from it like the plague and create an alternative lifestyle because they are powerless for some reason that particular vice has power over them and I think for me it's credit now hear me out here this is going to divert a little bit from I know this season is supposed to be more about me building this business but just hear me out here credit, both financially, both of the financial and metaphorical version of credit, um, for me, has been a huge vice, something that I've never really managed well, I've really abused, and I haven't treated it right because I don't, I haven't given it, like I haven't really understood what it, what it actually is, 
know what I mean? So I'll look at, like, the, the idea of credit has given me a false sense of affordability around things that are not affordable and around things that I shouldn't even be considering. But this idea of credit leads me to believe that even though I have no cash, I still have money. Right? So, again, part of that's just a lack of education. But I think, I think a lot of addiction comes from a lack of proper education because you, you get the, that feeling of, of power. You get that feeling of satisfaction from whatever the substance is. And you, you lean into it. And there's no, nobody told you, nobody explained to you what the consequences of overuse and abuse of that substance or concept or whatever. And so you, it gets, it's very easy for you to abuse it. And that's why I think, so like when I first, when I first um, started drinking, I was terrified actually that I was going to become addicted immediately because I thought I had an addictive personality, right? But I've had so much education around the dangers of, of alcohol addiction that I feel like I'm in, I'm, I have power over it, right? Add that to the fact that most, most alcohol, most beer, most liquor is disgusting. <laughs> and you get to the point where, and I, like I, the, the biggest thing is I have not, I don't see any, I've never been drunk or even really that buzzed. So I don't really, see the benefit from that standpoint either. So anyway, with uh, with finances though, I think a lot of the reason why, and we'll get back into the business, how this relates, a lot of the reason why I'm in the financial position I am right now, why my business is in the financial position it is right now, is because personally, I don't understand the way that money works. And I'm very sort of closed off and private because I have always been of a mind that money is just numbers. It's just a number in an account somewhere, and you want this number to go up over here, and that one to go up over there, and that's it. And I've overly simplified what money actually is to the point where um, I don't have any real understanding of the consequences of treating money that way. So, hence the reason why my personal credit score is in the shitter, and why I fail to con- I continue to fail to get new lines of credit, loans, um, credit cards, stuff like that. And even now, it's like each month, I actually got pretty close when I was working with Ollie. I got pretty close to paying down all of my cards and not needing to use them and just working off of cash. But then there's just like these little experiences that I've had. The little, I don't have much formal or informal education about money, but the little education that I do have are just little like conversations that I've had where people have told me things that I think make sense in as part of an, a part of more of a larger financial framework, but not on their own. So I had someone tell me one time to never carry my debit card around but always run card transactions with, or always make purchases with, with, with actual cash, paper money, or a credit card. And I get that from a fraud standpoint, but I always thought that was a financial thing, right? It always just sunk in that, oh, don't, don't make, try as much as possible to be in a situation where you can use your credit card instead of your debit card. 
But what that has left me doing is paying, like I have this attitude where I will pay a credit card because I know that that's money I get immediately. I, my, my consideration is that that is money that I get back. So I, I'll, I'll prefer to pay a credit card bill over some other bill, like an insurance bill or whatever, because a credit card bill is money that I get access to immediately. Well, the problem with that is that if I consider my cash plus my credit cards as my cash limit, I'm always maxed out on all of my cards. And I pretty much always have been. Right? So, from, from the, that personal standpoint, always being maxed out on credit cards, always pushing everything to the limit, always basically riding the, the edge, riding the wire um, financially, as literally as you possibly can, living paycheck to paycheck. Um, it's, it's created a situation that is not sustainable because you can run into situations like I did last month where client, as asshole as this is, where a client decides, I'm just not going to pay you because I don't want to. And now all that assumption that you made about cash comes back to bite you. Because you, I mean, that month, my thought was expansion. So I was spending money on contractors that I technically didn't have. And because it was a lot of them were credit purchases. It was like, I didn't have cash, and then I maxed out my credit cards, and now I'm in a position where like, I have nothing, right? So it's just created like an unhealthy relationship with money, and the real problem is, now I'm in a situation for about a month where I have to be a little bit fancy with my, like I've officially transitioned stuff over to a business account, which I think is a good start. And I believe that if I were to go back, if I could change one thing, that would be the first thing that I would change, is I would have a business account from the beginning, um, and then get paid from that. In fact, I think I think if I had learned if I had learned this lesson, if I had just paid attention and figured this out two years ago, three years ago, four years ago, man, it would have made a difference. But anyway. Um, I, uh, I, um, didn't, right, so now I'm in the situation I'm in, but I feel like, I feel like adversity like this is the, is the best teacher, it really slaps you in the face, and we were watching a movie last night, and it was a lot about, like, there were a lot of themes there, but one of them was about kids needing to grow up, and like a dad not letting his son stayed the night at his apartment because he was like, "No, you gotta go grow. You gotta go grow up." And um, there are obviously a lot of undertones, right? There's a lot that happens in the story. But the interesting thing was what I took from it was I have to stop looking to my credit, my personal credit, as a safety net, and stop looking to credit in general and loans and lines of credit and all that kind of stuff. I understand that in the long run, a business line of credit is not a bad idea. But you know what's an even better idea? Bootstrapping with cash. And I know I can do it. And the way that I do it, this is my plan, 
the way that I do it is I generate enough revenue to double my needed income. So needed income meaning I got to look at my actual bills, cut up the credit cards because I'm not going to use them again. I need to give myself an actual budget and I need to stick to the budget. So I need to say, okay, how much do this is my car payment? How much are the, the, the pay payments on all my credit cards? How much are, um, how much do I need uh, for living expenses, for rent, all that kind of stuff? And that becomes just a nugget. That becomes my paycheck, okay, my initial paycheck. And then this was last night as I went to bed, I had this sort of flash of inspiration. And this might not be my own. I may not have been the first one to come up with this, but I think it's interesting. But if I build into my business performance reviews, like self-reviews, where I say, okay, here's where we are now. Now, Brett, if you can get us, if you can close uh, X amount more business per month, for three months, you get a pay raise. And so I can build in revenue generation into the business to build up a buffer so that I have money in a bank account for the business that I don't, I can't touch legally, right? Because that, at least that I understand. And then I build in performance reviews where I can give, I can make, I can justify increasing my salary, right? So I start with just what are my, what's my nugget? What's my, what are my base expenses? And then I can continue to increase my salary as I generate more money for the business. It's interesting because this is, these are all concepts that I, have taught uh, from stage the concept of firing resources that aren't making you money, but I've been hesitant to count myself as one of those resources that should be fired, right? And so um, I think that's very interesting. Obviously, that's something that is going to take time to build to, but I realized that just like last time when I kind of missed some payments and got behind on some of my debt. I pulled myself out of it because I just put my head down and worked. And I said, okay, we're gonna figure it out when we figure it out. And we got out of it and I got to a better better place. And I'm gonna do the same this time, right? So it's about putting my head down, counting my numbers, being very, very specific, um, and, and running my business like a business, not just doing a bunch of stuff and expecting it all to work. So, anyway, uh, we're going to go do some hiking today. I'll check back in later and as I think through a little bit more of this. And I might actually install some things. But, uh, yeah. Peace out. Yo, day six in the PM. What is up? Back in Hurricane. We went into Zion National Park today. Um, and actually... I'm really excited. I spent some a little bit of the drive on the way in. Sue is kind of like an unofficial business coach. Um, and by unofficial, I mean she's my business coach. <laughs> but uh, I kind of ran, ran her through some of my some of my thoughts and uh, what I want to do um, with the business. And it was good for me to crystallize it to somebody else, not just not that you guys or you one individual or you nobodies that are listening to this 
Um, not that you are nobodies, I just mean that no one's going to listen to this. Anyway, um, it's good to, to, to help crystallize the thoughts. So let me just give you the rundown. Um, there's basically four things. Building off what I mentioned earlier today about money and credit and stuff not really being my friend. Um, I am going to drastically reduce my personal salary in the business. Um, I'm basically going to take a look at my personal finances and figure out what things I can cut and where I can trim everything down to the point where I have a very like limited but set monthly budget. I know that X amount goes here, Y amount goes there, and etc. Cetera, et cetera. Not really worrying too much about savings personally just yet. Um, but anyway, we'll do that. And then uh, start to build up a uh, like a bit of I don't want to call it savings, but just some momentum, some buffer space in the business bank account. And then what I'm going to do is uh, next week and I'm going to report on this. Which I'm going to uh, plan out in very realistic terms the growth of the business, what I want to have happen over the next three, six, uh, 12 months, whatever. And based on my personal ability to actually get us there, I'm gonna give myself performance reviews. So essentially every quarter, I'm going to take a look at my performance and if I hit all of my numbers, hit all my metrics, then uh, I'm gonna get a raise. And so that's how I build my own personal income. But the important thing is that I'm only going to do quarterly re- like reviews every quarter, which means raises aren't going to happen every month. That was my first thought, was that I would just build slowly, yes, but build up into it over the course of a couple of months. But I think it's actually going to take me a full year to get to a realistic salary. But uh, it made sense for me to eat some of my own advice I've been giving to businesses for a long time, which is everything and everybody needs to have a metric, needs to have something that they're responsible for and something that they answer for. And if they don't hit their numbers, then their compensation either goes down or at least doesn't increase. And so that's essentially what it's going to be. Um, that'll, that's kind of my, that'll, that'll force me to have enough cash, know, like essentially know that I have enough cash to survive from a personal standpoint really get an understanding of what my what my nugget is um, like what what's absolutely what's actually necessary come on, come on. for me uh, to live that way I can make sure that I at least um, am covering that for my own payroll build up a little bit of momentum in the business that way and then uh, based on my own performance, I can give myself raises and, and uh, continue to increase my personal income that way. So that's kind of the that's the plan from a financial standpoint. And then the really cool thing, the other thing is, I sometimes sometimes with a with a particular service or offering, you you, you can't really understand you don't really understand the best way to approach um, delivering it or selling it. And I talked about this, I think, in last season, one of the episodes towards the end of last season. And so 
sometimes, like, like what's happening with me is I'm realizing that I need to, um, this way, I need to have everything set up so that, um, so that it can sell. And so I think that what I'm going to do is instead of trying to position the apprenticeship as being different, like a different type of service than the traditional retainer setup, I think what I'm going to do is just say that, like essentially sell it as we can compete on price because of the way we do things. And the way we do things is by over the long term uh, bringing in an apprentice, right? So I don't really need to sell that because like there's just too much education that goes into that. Like I have to help people understand why it's important for them to have a resource dedicated to them and go through all these other things when I think it's it's just an easier sell if I say, look, you're going to pay 15K for an event. You're going to pay 7 to 10 to 15K a month for a retainer. Or you can pay 3500 a month starting now and you'll get all that stuff. And then if they need to know over the long term think that I really need to initially. So, that's kind of the idea. That's kind of where I'm with it. And it's kind of exciting because it also it helps me to start to narrow down and narrow in on what I'm actually doing. Like what, what should my day-to-day look like? Um, and because I have because I can actually map out number of hours, number of things that it takes for to accomplish these different things. Like I can, I can shift my time fr- from being focused on delivery, although delivery is important. I can focus my energy, my creative energy, on selling, which I know I, <laughs> I actually pitch as a bad thing about agencies, but I think the way that I go about doing it is. It's just a better way of doing it. So, um, so anyway, the other thing is I'm going to start playing around with more uh, creative style a la carte services. So, like I'm I'm doing this writing stuff for Pick Snippets, and I just signed up another guy. I'm going to do some writing for his company called Sales Message, which is a text messaging two-way text messaging company. Um, and so there's some room there for me to become like a technical writer almost where business owners, you know, if people run those types of companies and they see a value in having that type of content be created for them, then I can, I can, you know, be part of that. And that can be like a value add service that I can throw in on top of the, uh, the apprenticeship and I think what I'm going to do is button the apprenticeship up under it's just the handyman services so essentially there's <coughs> well actually no i got to think about this think about it out loud a little bit because handyman I don't think gives the right connotation for that type of retainer right because if somebody's paying for someone to come on full-time and like become their marketing I feel like it actually makes more sense 
for me to pitch it as a higher level thing. But what I could do is pitch the handyman level as a lower level, as like the 3500 a month, which is just basic, which will get the bills and some of those things, but not as much of the strategic work. And then the outsource CMO, like the C, maybe I come up with a better name for it, but CMO services could be something that's a little bit more all-inclusive, where that would include, like it's a, it's kind of like, like uh, GKIC has a thing called My Marketing Department in the Box. Like something along those lines. Might end up working better. So, anyway, we will see how all that works. But um, that's kind of the idea. It's all about growth and building and um, doing the right stuff. So anyway, um, we'll see how it goes. Um, yeah, peace. Yo. Day six in the PM. Let me tell you what, I just, I don't know if my, my old Scoutmasters would be proud or ashamed of what I was able to just do, but I am really MacGyvering the shit out of life right now. I really wanted to smoke one of these cigars while we were up here, because it's beautiful. The night is perfect, the sky is clear. Oh, man. But uh, my lighter decided to stop working. And I had one of those, like, torch lighters, which is supposed to work always. And it was getting a spark, but I couldn't get it to to keep a light for long enough to actually light the cigar. And so... <laughs> I got one of the coffee filters and uh, put it in a little glass thingy that I've got. It's hard to explain. And then... Um, just lit that on fire. Just put it by the spark. And the stupid thing is, like, it actually lit. Like, it caught the... It caught the actual... Um, gas. So, like, the lighter lit. It was really weird. I think the lighter might be, might be no good. Anyway. That's not the point of this. <laughs> what, what I wanted to talk about. I... I always wonder at, at junctions like this where I've had some sort of mental breakthroughs and some sort of new understanding, a new, uh, I don't know if it's like a new lease on life or what exactly it is, but I have these experiences where I'll think my way to a solution. And historically, I have a tendency to think that, that my work is done once I've thought of the solution. Does that make sense? Um, like, like somehow just coming up with the idea is enough and I should be 
like uh, rewarded in some way for my ingenuity and not so much for my execution. And it's an interesting, it's an interesting uh, contradiction because I have always been known and I've always prided myself on being very focused on implementation and on execution. Um, and yet, for some reason, a lot of these ideas end up never making it past that stage. Like, I, I, sometimes I can't I find myself, like, unable to... to to actually go and commit, like, for, do the, the idea, like, do the thing. And so, um, what happens a lot of time is I'll get really gung-ho on this idea, this plan, this thing that I've decided I'm going to go do, and then, for whatever reason, I can't. Like, I just don't, I, I give up. Like, I've used all my energy on coming up with the idea and not enough of my energy on actually doing it. And so, this whole experience, this last week, has been, um, I feel really, like, these cathartic, I feel like I've had major catharses this week because I've managed to figure some things out. But I feel like I've managed to figure things out a lot in the past and so I have a hard time like being okay with that as in being satisfied that that's enough to just like have an idea um, and so even now like I'm trying to be less sure of the idea and more okay let's try it let's see what actually works right so like the whole the whole thing of the apprenticeship, like I, I'm not actually sure that that that's any different than just a regular agency. You know, maybe I'm maybe I'm so caught up in my head, like I'm reacting to my particular situations that I'm not actually reacting to a general need. You know what I mean? Like maybe Maybe the truth is not that I, that all agencies act the way that I think they do and so should work with my agency because we're different, but rather the four or five agencies that I have worked with in the past performed this way and so you shouldn't go work with them. Like I wonder how much of this is a, just a reaction to my past, you know? thought, current thing that I'm sort of occupied with. Oh, man. I think the fact that I'm recording this the way that I am, doing what I'm doing, talking the way that I'm talking is... There's a, there's a part of me that's afraid of even releasing this. There's a part of me that's afraid of releasing the whole thing. 
because it's it speaks too much of vulnerability and I, I can't help but wonder if projecting that vulnerability out into the marketplace is wise you know but at the same time like I wonder if maybe being wise isn't the wisest choice you know maybe like the right thing to do is actually the wrong thing to do you know I don't even know if that makes sense sorry for the noise I'm gonna pick my phone back up like maybe what we assume maybe what I've always assumed is the the wise way forward and the right way forward is actually not I'm reminded of like uh, um, Anthony Bourdain because he he talked a lot about like one one of the reasons why he got famous which wasn't it wasn't directly because of his cooking, because he was a chef. It was because he opened up and talked about what it's like to be a chef, like very in a very frank way. And like right now, there are a lot of people talking about what it's like to be an entrepreneur, what it's like to run a business. But I feel like most of those people are talking about it from like a I don't know they're talking about it from the very positive sense like there's all this social like we've got ourselves into this place with business and just with life where everything is about social like you're only really as good as your latest social post your latest blog post or at least that's what it seems like so among like consultants or whatever like content we talk about content is king. Gary Vee talks about that all the time. And like I agree because I can see where the general populace's attention is going, which is to that sort of social... Like Nobody really pays attention to anything except what happens on social media these days. At least that's what I feel like. It's been my experience. But I don't know if... Like, I have a personal aversion to it. I don't, like, I'm... I got this new phone, like... What is it, three weeks ago? And I had didn't even install Instagram on it. And I checked... I have I found an, an app that, um... Lets you, in, lets you, like, see your feed from... Multiple social media accounts at once. So I, I checked my Facebook feed for the first time in like three weeks of the day and her I saw my Facebook feed my Instagram feed and I didn't I was like well this is boring and it's like like the, the the problem is the flip side is that because that's where the conversation is going by the way I should it occurs to me now that this is this is gonna be like a bonus segment that's like deep thoughts ramblings and Musings. We'll call it musings. I think that makes the most sense. 
musings with with one T unlimited, <laughs> because I like I wonder how much of my personal aversion to social media, like I I used to be all into it, but I think I I was never I think I think part of the issue is that I dive into things. I'm a super early adopter of most technologies and most concepts, and um, sometimes I can have a prop like I have trouble. writing them out like as soon as they become popular I don't like them anymore you know um, but like I can never really tell if that's just because I'm I'm really just a hipster <laughs> or if it's because there's some like there's some next level thing that I'm trying to get to, like a like what everybody else is doing is is already old, in my opinion. And so, I you know I stay away from it. I I don't really participate as much in like I don't post as much. Sorry about that. Sue called me. I'm going to have to text her real quick. Oh, no. Anyway, sorry about that. So, um, I just, oh my goodness. Uh, anyway, so, you know, I don't know if my personal social habits. Like if I should, I don't know how much of that I should just swallow and just dig into it and realize that, that yeah, I may not like it, but that's where everyone else is. Like that's where, that's where the conversation is actually happening. And Gary talks about, um, Gary V talks about, um, talks about joining the conversation. So one of his big strategies is to go onto a social platform and like putting your two cents. You know, like go participate in the conversation. And like, I like the idea of being part of the conversation, but I also don't, I also don't. <laughs> That's what it comes down to. Like the, the I don't I don't like being part of the group where the where the popular kids are. I think that's what it comes down to, which is probably just like a personal issue.
Also, it should be known for the record that I think I've managed to... Oh, my goodness. All right, well, we're going to wrap this up because Sue keeps calling and she wants to talk to me, so... Um, musings over. I'll be back tomorrow. Well, I got, I got another cigar I got to smoke, so... That'll be, there will definitely be some more musings. Anyway, peace out. That's going to do it for episode five. Uh, next week on Think Like Me or Don't, I things start to click. Things start to get kind of exciting. And I'm not going to give too much away now because I want to build the suspense, but what I want you to pay attention with in next, in next week's episode is the foreshadowing for what's coming. Uh, I just recorded the season finale, uh, like the full wrap-up, uh, a couple of hours ago, actually. And when I go back and I listen to the audio from next week... It's incredible to see how those thoughts have, there's, a, there's a, a, a connection between those two. So pay attention to some of the stuff that we talk about in next week's episode um, of Think Like Me or Don't. As always, head over to anchor.fm forward slash think like me, drop in some audio messages, uh, give me some feedback, give me some questions, whatever it is that you like. Again, I always ask this, no one's ever gonna do it, but I figure maybe at some point somebody will be like, hey, I have some extra money that I don't want here. Uh, you can also do uh, support the podcast there. As always, my name is Brett Martineau. I am your host. I am the depressed guy on this side of the microphone. Although actually now in this part of the, this part of the season, things are starting to look up. So I'm excited about that. We will see you all next week. Peace.